Hello and welcome to the Wholehearted Healer Podcast. My name is Dr. Avine Banish and I will be your host. This is the weekly podcast that helps women pause in their busy lives, drop into the heart, and remember their next right step. I am so happy that you're here. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of The Wholehearted Healer. I'm so grateful that you're here. My name is Dr. Avian Banish. I'm your host, and today I'm excited and honored to have Lauren Wittig on. Um, Lauren is an intuitive energy healer and spirituality mentor. She's the founder of Heart Light Wellness and the host of her own podcast, Curiously Wise, Practical Spirituality in Action. Um, she's also an award-winning novelist. So it sounds like Lauren has a lot, wears a lot of hats and stays quite busy. Um, her passion is in assisting her clients through their journeys out of mind, body, and or spiritual distress and into a life of passion, purpose, and joy. Um, Lauren, welcome. Thank you so much for being, for taking the time to talk with me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Avina. I'm, I, I love these kinds of conversations. Me too. I really do. Um, for me, they're, they're what make part of what make life so meaningful and so fun. So yes. you're in Virginia. We just kind of chatted a little bit before we pressed record. And I guess I would love to start Lauren. Um, I'm always curious as to how people found their way to their purpose or their work. So could you share a little bit about your own journey, your story, and what led you to the work that you're currently doing? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, it's as with so many people, especially the people that come to me, it was a health issue that started me on this path. I had um, terrible allergies and all my life, and they sort of ebbed and flowed over the years. But in as I went into perimenopause, they got really bad. And I realized I was shutting myself in my house with the air conditioning on starting in March every year. <laughs> You know, and ending about November. You know? My goodness. So it was just because it was just a constant roll. I live in a part of the country that's very damp because we have lots of, you know, marshes and things around here where I'm in Williamsburg. So it's, we're close to the ocean. And, um, and so there's molds and there's leaf molds. And then there's all these, you know, we've got a very long growing season for all the things that throw pollens and yeah. So it was just miserable. And, um, and I decided that, I had, I was going to um, get shots. I had done that in my twenties and then stopped doing it for costs because I didn't have insurance at the time. <laughs> um, but so I went to, I found a doctor here that it was re highly recommended to go get testing. And in the process of testing, two days of testing day one, they put like, I don't know, maybe 30, 40 things in my arm that they were testing. You know, they did a little intradermal thing. Yep. And within 10 minutes of her finishing with the last one, I started to go into an anaphylactic reaction. Wow. And I'd never had that happen before, but I knew what was happening because I have a son who has a, a very serious milk allergy. So he carries EpiPens and I've seen him do that. Um, so I started to describe her to the person there who, you know, what, what was happening, what I was experiencing, because I knew they need to understand that this is not, um, right. not nothing and um, ended up in the ICU overnight. And, um, and decided that not only was I afraid of everything that I was allergic to, but now I was afraid of getting the treatment for, for that. And I had, I had seen an, uh, a, a healer, an energetic healer at a friend's 
um, prompting a number of years before that, three or four years before that for some asthma. And she cleared that for me immediately um, in an hour on the phone. I was you know, blown away. But for some reason, I didn't think to go back to her for my allergies. So my friend, she's my best friend. She said, you remember? <laughs> and so I made an appointment with that same healer. And um, I didn't even tell her that I was coming because of the allergies. I just said, you know, I want to see what happens. Um, and within an hour, she had helped me understand that I had a belief system that I needed to be afraid of everything, everything, everything. You know how, when you live in a state like that, you don't notice it anymore. It's just normal. You're swimming in the water of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so she said, you know, your belief system is that every, you have to be afraid of everything. And I, at first I was like, no, it's not. Oh, wait a minute. You know, <laughs> like, Cause it suddenly, it made sense. It just clicked into it. And so she helped me clear it. She gave me some, some ways that I could continue that work. Cause I, I it's been probably 10 years now since I had an allergy issue Every now and then I get a little itch, you know, little itchy eyes or a sneeze or two. And then I, I but I've learned to stop and go, okay, what's going on? <laughs> you know, we don't want to go back there. But in that hour and that time it was in person, she cleared my allergies. I literally had walked into her house afraid to touch her cat. And at the end of the session, the cat jumped up on the table with me and rubbed up against me. And I loved on it because I love cats and um, no problem at all. And, and so it was just, it was miraculous. And so that was where I kind of went, you know, I'd really like to do that. I had looked my whole life. I thought about going to medical school, couldn't handle the science. Um, I actually have a master's of public health because I thought, well, that's a way in to help people, you know, feel better, have a healthier life. Um, didn't end up doing that. <laughs> thought about acupuncture at one point, because I took my son when he was little to an, uh, a Chinese doctor. Didn't pursue that. But that, when I, when I met that, when I had that experience with that healer and she works with angels, you know, she's, it's very, very woo woo, you know, but it was so miraculous. I was like, that's it. That's what I want to do. And I turned out to have a gift for it. And what's really remarkable is that I do, I have novels that I've written. I'm not writing novels anymore, but the very first one that I had published was an energetic healer was the, was the heroine in medieval Scotland. <laughs> you know, so, and I had no idea at the time that was way before I had experienced any of this. I just had read fantasy and science fiction so much that it's like, that would be cool to be able to do that. So that's where I got, got the idea that this was something that not only did I want to do, but I could do. And then it's just been a matter of meeting mentors and teachers to help guide me into doing it in a conscious way. So I love that, Lauren. There's so much in there that I would love to go back and unpack because um, you and I speak a similar language. It was very interesting. I read on your website that you had an episode of Shigella dysentery and that I had that as well when I was in my early twenties. And yeah. <laughs> um, so not all the health issues that come from that, but um, when you say that, you know, um, you went to this healer and that she, she pointed out to you or made conscious that you were afraid of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, then some people listening that this is not their orientation who might still be like, I'm going to go to the doctor and get those allergy shots. Mm -hmm. There's this big jump in belief and understanding from, okay, so I'm afraid of things, but how do my thoughts create my reality? And so, and how on the flip side can, can just talking with someone for an hour shift my reality so that now, you know, um, 
hyper allergic and really reactive to just about life to your entire environment, yeah. all of a sudden you can then go pet a cat. So <laughs> someone who this may be totally new and mind blowing. Can you kind of dive into that a little bit? Yeah, I think I was able to accept it because first of all, I feel energy moving in my body. And I learned about that. I could feel that when I was working with the same acupuncture, I took my two-year-old to. So mm-hmm. I learned in an acupuncture session, I felt this, this like line of ants. It felt like walking up my, the outside of my left uh, calf from one needle to another needle. I didn't know where the needles were. If you've ever had acupuncture, it's very rare that you actually can feel right. those needles. So I didn't even really know where the needles were, but when the doctor came back in at the end of the session, I said, yeah, I had this weird sensation. He goes, oh, that's chi. You know, it's energy. (laughs) So that, that was an aha moment for me. And I had studied a little bit about chi because I didn't take my two-year-old to a a Chinese doctor lightly. I did my research. I I vetted, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, So I knew that I could feel energy from that experience. Now that doesn't mean I consciously sort of, you know, dug into that. I just had had that experience. But then I also started meditating a few years before I saw the healer about the the allergies. And in meditation, I finally got quiet enough to hear the inner voice, mm-hmm. not the ugly one that tells you how awful you are, or stupid, or why'd you do that? Or you should be doing this or you know, not that one, that's your ego, but that quiet inner, I call it wise Lauren voice who was kind and loving and supportive And once you can hear that voice, you begin to see the world a little differently. You can separate the ugly ego voice from the the supportive one, you know, your higher self, whatever you want to call that. Um, And so I had had that experience of separating the blah, 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 blah from the, ooh. And so I think for me, and then I also, I see things in in my mind's eye. I, I see you know, I get images, I I hear lyrics that are appropriate to whatever the moment is, you know, it's those kinds of things. So I I was tuned into all these little things. And I think that's why when she hit a truth for me, and it was a deep heart truth, felt like a, you know, like a weight on my chest lifted when she said that, I had primed myself to be able to accept that, because I had all these other little experiences that supported the, the idea that, there was something wiser within me that could help me let go of that. Here was somebody who was also wise working with the energy that I could feel in my body as it moved when she was working with me. She was supporting me in that. So it was just this conglomeration of things. And everybody has a different way of tapping into that. So this is my story. It may not be your story. It may not be anything like how you experience what is unseen. But that's for me. It was just, it was, I was pretty stubborn. It took a long time. <laughs> it took a lot of little like ha- taps saying, there's lots of other things going on here that you're you're not five senses, you know? Um, and now I'm, I love, I, I teach people about how to tap into their, their spirit guides, how to com- communicate with them consciously, because that was the other piece that came out of that is I really learned that I had all these supportive guides, spirit Again, whatever you want to call them, angels, power animals, whatever. It's all part of the great unknown. Um, but I, but you can communicate with them. And that also is very supportive. You can ask questions. You can ask for help. You can. So 
I had just started picking up. I have a whole toolbox of little things, little experiences that primed me to be ready for that. So even though I say it happened in an hour, there was a lot of stuff happening before that. <laughs> you know? What I love about your story is it shows that, um, you know, I'm guessing that that day in the allergist office when you, you know, experienced anaphylaxis, I love how you, everyone's story is different, right? Um mm-hmm. But that, I'm guessing, was a fairly low moment for you. Right? Yeah. It wasn't a peak <laughs> life experience. And so no. <laughs> what I also find really interesting is that sometimes in my own life, I have seen it in um, in friends and clients I've worked with is we have to be or, or we think we have to be um, like we have to suffer or we have to oftentimes these openings come after an illness or mm-hmm. a trauma or Um, And I think sometime in humanity's future, we're going to recognize maybe we don't have to suffer so much, but for (laughs) now, that seems to be a real common theme among many people who then that word primed, it's like when, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, right? Then, then when we say, okay, well, this Western model that I had put all my eggs in that basket, I'm not going back there right now. And so what else is possible? It's like, it opens our, I call it like a moment of expanded vision, like where mm-hmm. we're willing to like say, okay, what else is possible? Yeah. And those are really magical moments. And and they are. And that's another moment that I had had a, a practice with long before my moment arrived again with my son and in taking him to the Chinese doctor. I, we chose to do that because we had been through the medical system with him since he was born. He was about two and a half, I guess, when we took him to the, the Chinese doctor, but I, the, the allergist asthma doctor just wanted to put him on these stronger and stronger and stronger medications. And I have the public health degree. So I, I learned one of the classes I took was how to speak doctor, you know, really? so I get on the then pretty nascent uh, internet and start looking up these drugs before I would even allow them to be, you know, filled and the la- the the there was a last straw. It was one that you know caused uh, you know growth problems and learning disabilities and all, all this other stuff. And I'm like, I'm not doing that to my two year old. And that was another moment of there's got to be something different. So I said to my dad, "We're looking for something different. We need to look outside the medical system." And I don't know what that is. I'd already started you know sort of looking at some some alternative health stuff. And this was back in the early, well, yeah, 94, probably 95. Um, And my dad, who was in AA, met somebody at an AA meeting who had just set up a a consulting business. And we were up in DC at the time to help people like us, me and my husband, find alternative, vetted alternative practitioners, you know, like within three days of when I said to my dad, we're looking for something like this. And this, he'd never met that person in a meeting before, you know, it's just like, <laughs> you know, that when you are ready, the universe provides, yeah. the teacher arrives, whatever those synchronicities, those God wings, yes. you know, yeah. that is this reassurance that um, we're never quite as alone or lost as we think we are. Yeah. But we have to hit, okay. We shouldn't have to but we think we have to hit rock bottom or the dark night of the soul or however you want to call it before we can wake up to what, you know, what else there might be available. And, you know, with my child, that was a pretty dark night of the soul. I was really worried he could die at any moment. Mm -hmm. Um, He just turned 30. So I'm happy to say he did not. (laughs) 
but um, but that you know so that was one and then my own was was you know i was so afraid just to, to call the doctor back and cancel the rest of the the testing that i was supposed to have done that i really had to go deep into fear and recognize it as fear before i was ready to let it go I wonder, Lauren, if you could speak to, you know, someone listening who may be dealing with um, an ongoing health issue and your story sounds like they want some of that, right? Like mm-hmm. they've, they've been dealing with whatever it is, autoimmune issues, mm-hmm. allergies. Um, can you talk about the fact that that fear was um, like a neural pathway that was well-rutted, right? That yeah. fear, those patterns didn't develop overnight. Um but then you had this amazing hour with this healer um, and you were healed. But I'm just wondering, like, you know, in the weeks to months after, did you return to old patterns or can you just talk about that a little bit? I think that was such a life changing understanding when she said to me, you believe you're, you have to be afraid of everything. And I, you know, I did go right to, no, I don't. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just lost my train of thought there. I'm sorry. Um, Gosh, idea though that that I mean that's right. That's kind of a miracle that 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 thought that just bringing that um, unconscious belief that was running the show into the light into awareness was enough to to shift the trajectory of your life and your physical body. Yeah. Yeah. And I, now I, I, I know what <laughs> where we were going. Yeah. I, I don't think I ever looked back. Um, and I think that her cat was there on purpose mm-hmm. because I was aware I had, you know, that there were cats in the house. I had horrific cat allergies. I'd grown up with cats. I love cats, but I had horrific cat allergies at this point. Um, and so I was very careful not to touch anything. I washed my hands before, you know, all this stuff cat came in the door when she, when, the healer opened her office door. Cat came right in, jumped up on the table. I was sitting up, came up, rubbed against my back. I reached right back and and petted on it. I there was such a shift. I wasn't. It didn't even have to be a thought that I can pet this cat and I'm fine. It was nice validation, you know, because <laughs> I had no problem with that cat. I didn't have itchy eyes. I didn't. I didn't even bother to wash my hands when I left. I'm just, you know, it's like. Um, so there was something deep inside that knew that this was different, that I had changed, that I didn't have to have any of that anymore. And she had spent a lot of time helping me visualize the fears coming out of me. She gave me, a, you know, she said, you know, look at them like little black worms. That's how she was seeing them coming out of you. And you can shoot them with a laser. You know, you look at them and send a laser to, you know, visualization is powerful. It's super powerful. So she had really worked with me during that hour to give me some tools of my own to follow up if I needed to. And there are times, there still are times where I start to get, I think I've already said this and itchy eyes or itchy nose. Sure. And I just go, okay, <laughs> you know, what's triggering my fears. And always there's something, usually something's happened. Somebody said something, so I'm, you know, I've got the ego voice going to my head about something and I'm able to just kind of say, okay, that's not, that's not true. You know, I don't have to be afraid of that. Or I'm getting better and better at going, okay, that is an uncomfortable thing, but I don't have to be afraid of it. I can say what I need to say about that. I can do what I need to do about that. And it's fine. I don't know if that comes with maturity or practice or both, probably both. Um, 
So it's, it's still something that my body remembers, Mm -hmm. you know, and I talk to my nose sometimes. So you don't have to be stuffy anymore. You can stop that. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but it's, it, it was such a life-changing event for me that it's really never been, I never went back, back in that rut. Well, it's, it's such an empowering way to view our reality in that, um, right, we, we can't control everything. There's lots of stuff in this world that's beyond our control, but um, the power to control um, or, or to be conscious of what we think. Yes. Uh, it sounds so simple and yet it's, it's, it takes some practice. And, and I know that you are um, really into this idea of practical spirituality. So what I love about your story and about your work is that it's, you know, it's kind of rubber meets the road. If, if you're, if you have an anaphylactic reaction to just about everything and you're, you have this direct experience that changing your thoughts changes your experience of those allergies and of the world around you, there's, there's really nothing more practical or grounded than that. Yeah. But yeah. can you talk about your what you mean by practical spirituality? Maybe let's start there. Yeah, it's um honestly I received that tag for my podcast Practical Spirituality in Action. It's been curiously wise for almost a year, but then I've been trying to define it and and I couldn't find it, but I was, you know, I have things come through my fingers when I'm on a keyboard, you know. And those came out of my head fingers. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. That's really powerful. I like that. What the hell does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) So I've been, I've been digging in. It's really been probably a month since I, since I started using that term and practical spirituality for me is, is bringing all of this experience that I've got, all of these gifts that I have and bringing them into the world in a way that helps myself, my family, other people, bringing it in out out of me and into the world. Because if we, as I did for many years, sit in our little meditation chair and enjoy meditating and enjoy talking with our, our, my guides, I love to talk to my guides. So I do that a lot and I can do it for long periods of time. But if I don't act on that information that I've gotten, which I often don't, it's just, you know, there's that resistance of some sort still going on. I'm an, I'm a work in progress. always will be. but it's that that action of bringing what we are now, because I do believe as you as you walk down the spiritual path, as you get more aware of the unseen and and so much of the magic that's in the world, that you become a different person. I'm a much calmer person than I used to be. I'm much more comfortable saying what I need to say. I'm way more comfortable being who I am, you know. <laughs> Which you know, my husband even calls me his weird wife. But you know, <laughs> I said, "Yeah, you knew that when you married me," you know. <laughs> but so we do change, and bringing that change into the world in a positive way, which I think, if you're really on a spiritual path, it's going to be positive. You're raising your vibration. You're you're bringing that out into the world everywhere you go. So actually, just living that is a way of bringing it, making it practical because you are taking it wherever you go. Every interaction I have with somebody, there's something about me that affects that. The vibration that I am, I like to laugh. So I often have people cracking up around me um, or I'm just able to be more compassionate or I'm able to be have uh, perspective. Perspective is one of the things I love to teach people and to talk about because 
that ability to sort of back out of yourself, your ego reaction, you know, and, and I call it the hawk's eye view. I do a lot of shamanic work, so I like animals, but you know, hawks are way up high and they can see very clearly below them. So I, I, that's the visualization I use lift up to the hawk's eye view and look down on this. Is that person really angry at me or are they just having a bad day Mm -hmm. and have giving them the grace of maybe they're just having a bad day. You know, I'm not going to take it on myself, but I can, I can be compassionate. Everybody has a bad day and maybe they're just being a, <clears throat> because you know their day's been bad. Um, it really helped me a lot with my mom at the end of her life. Um, anybody who listens to me knows I had a narcissistic mother who had dementia, diagnosed dementia for the last 10 years of her life. Wow. She and I had a very difficult relationship. She didn't think so, but I did. <laughs> so as she, as she got deeper and deeper into the dementia, um, eventually her husband kind of took off at the, for the last year of her life and wasn't very present. And I became the person, you know, in charge. And because I spent my life defending myself from her, it was very hard for me to do. I was being the dutiful daughter, but there was no compassion for her. There was no kindness in me towards her because I had all those stories in my head about the things in the past. Mm -hmm. She got diagnosed with cancer um, four months before she died. It was too far for us to do anything about, which was a blessing at that point. She was about to go into memory care and she was a woman who, who loved, you know, her brain. She was, she had to be the smartest person in the room and she usually was. Um, So it was pretty sad to see her. But knowing that she could no longer change, I we knew then she had a finite period of time left. We knew then that she there was no there's no reason for her to change for me anymore because she's not going to be here very long. Made me face the idea that she could she she didn't feel like she needed to change, so she wasn't going to change. Made me understand, and here's where the perspective comes in, that I was the only person that could change. Mm-hmm. I could change my experience. I could grow up, you know, and and acknowledge that, yeah, that sucked all that stuff. And I have done a lot of work with a lot of people for that around that. But I was able to be really compassionate with her in those last few months. I was able to love her for who she was and the good she did in the world. She did a ton of good in the world. But it finally gave me that that ability to let go of all the crap take the hawk's eye view and go, she's just a very old woman who's got, got, you know, bad dementia and now cancer. And we just need to just give her the best last few months we can do. Totally changed my relationship with my mother, changed a lot of the story. I can tell the stories about the narcissist, but I don't get sucked into the, the, you know, fear and pain and, you know, all of that stuff that I experienced. And it was an eye-opening moment for me. It was super, it was heart-opening too, because I was able to go, oh, I if I change how I am in the world, if I if I walk the walk, not just meditate in the chair, bring that compassion, bring that perspective, bring that heart open heart to this person. She softened. She got sweet. She told me she was proud of me in the last few weeks of her life, things that she'd never really done. Changing me allowed her to change too. Mm-hmm. I didn't change her. It just allowed her 
because I was defending myself. I'm sure she was feeling that, you know? So that was me taking everything I had learned (laughs) on my spiritual path and going, here is the biggest test I have in my life and acing it, (laughs) but it was, you know, it was a lot of, of consciously choosing to change the way I was framing her and to bring my heart that I was so easy to give to everybody else into that relationship. And that is probably my most visceral, practical spirituality example. And I didn't even think of it that way until we started talking about this. Um, I mean, that's an amazing example. And and an example, especially with mother, daughter, all the energetic layers and patterns and history, Mm -hmm. that really is a highlight of just, I mean, practical spirituality sounds um, simple and easy, but nothing about that situation was simple and easy until, you know, you had that awareness and you shifted and then suddenly everything got a bit easier. Everything got a lot easier. Yeah. It was remarkable. And I was, I'm not sure I realized quite how much it shifted right away, but looking back on that, those last few months, particularly with her, I was able to be very grateful for her. She did a lot of good for me too, even though, you know, it was accompanied by gaslighting a lot of the time. Um, But, and she did amazing things in the world. My mother worked for the Dalai Lama's government in exile. She worked with women in Kenya to help them set up um, small businesses so they could support their families. Wow. She she worked in um, Soweto in South Africa during apartheid. Um, I mean, she did amazing things. This woman who grew up in Mississippi, you know, um, and I was able to see that and appreciate that and honor her for that in a way I had not been able to do. So yeah, completely changed my attitude about her. It's just such a beautiful example. Again, I just want to take it back to somebody listening who, you know, may have their own, I mean, if you're human, um, <laughs> and you're not living in a cave meditating 14 hours a day, you have some relationships that could use a little bit of this, a sprinkling of this practical spirituality. So do you have any advice for someone listening on like, how do you begin this? What, what to do? How to, how to practice this? For me, it all starts with meditation. Mm -hmm. And in large part, that's because I spent most of my life being hyper reactive emotionally. Which meant I also couldn't express myself very well because I get choked up with tears and, and, you know, even whether it was anger or fear, it was the same thing. So the, another gift of the, of the time with my mother in that last year or so was when I became so much the person in charge of her, I would get really wrought up over something and, and usually a battle with my stepfather. Um, and I would, I learned to go, I, I got to go meditate. I have to calm my nervous system down. I can't think straight. I can't see the bigger picture. Everything was, you know, like right in front of my face and and ugly and not, you know, and difficult. And I would go and meditate. And I am a big advocate of guided meditation because my brain will take off on its own (laughs) and go down the rabbit hole. So I like some a meditation where somebody will bring me back to, you know, to where I'm supposed to be focusing. 
Um, and I don't know, sometimes I, I do it without that, but when I really wound up, I need somebody to tell me what to do. <laughs> so uh, meditation was a tool that I used a lot to calm my nervous system, allow my brain to quiet so that I could consciously then make a choice about how I wanted to react. And that was a big learning curve for me. But it it's I, I still I don't have to do it so much now. I we don't have any parents left. Our children are grown. You know, it's like life got pretty easy and simple in the last few years for us. Um, I know not for everybody, but um, so th- that meditation really was a trigger for me to be able to think clearly and to make a choice about how I wanted to be in the world. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, maybe it's not meditation. Maybe it's running for somebody, or maybe it's uh, for my daughter. It's a hot bath, you know. <laughs> um, from the time she was little, if she was upset, it's like let's get you in the bathtub, you know. Yeah. So, it, whatever it is for you that calms you down, calms your nervous system down. Maybe it's a massage or a good yoga class. It doesn't matter. Those are all meditative in in action. Um, but getting yourself calm enough so you can you can think clearly. You can ask yourself, how, do, how would I rather have reacted? Or how can I change that in the future? I'm a big um, advocate of journaling too. Um, especially for me when things are not going well, I journal a ton. When things are good, I don't journal that much. But, but I used to not know what I was thinking or feeling until I saw it written down. And so I think that's a really useful tool because it brings that perspective back in that mm-hmm. idea because you get it out on the page or on the screen and you actually have physical distance from it. And I like it on the page because if it's something that's really pissed me off and I don't want to have to live with anymore, I can process it. Sometimes maybe write, write it in a different, you know, frame it in a different way. You can write it down as if it were a different story that had a better ending. You can learn from that. And it also changes the chemistry of your brain around that. But then you can also take it somewhere safe and burn it, (laughs) and just let it, let this, let it go up in smoke and just release it that way. I like that physicality of that because that is bringing it out of your body and, and in a way that you can really let go of. So those are just a couple of tools that I found really useful. Yeah. I mean, I love journaling too. It's it's amazing to me how I resist it when I really like could use it, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's those moments when we're really jumbled up and we just feel like like we're just ticked and we don't we can't even unravel. It's like jewelry that's all knotted up. And so mm-hmm. I have found there there are times where I've journaled where just like that experience you had with that healer where she you know, showed you something. Sometimes I write something down and I'm like, well, where did that come yes. from? <laughs> so we can also provide in, unexpected insight for ourselves. Absolutely. Through that journaling process. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I talk about getting it out of our bodies. Yeah. I mean, I would get so emotionally overwrought that I couldn't think straight, but somehow the words could come out onto that page, <laughs> you know? And um, it's really remarkable. There's um. There's a, a book called The Artist's Way that um, in writer's circles, it's very popular. Yeah. But um, Julia Cameron is the, I believe, is the woman who wrote that. Yeah. And one of her um, exercises is what she calls morning pages. And it's literally sit down and write four longhand, you know, get your pen and pencil out, whatever, 
pages of whatever's in your head, just dump it on the page. And so some of, some of this has come from that practice because years ago, when I was trying to learn how to write books, that was, that was something I did every morning. I got up and just, you know, sort of vomited on the page, whatever was coming out. Um, and that, that's, a, that's journaling too. It's just, it's just a, a very specific sort of exercise with journaling. Yep. Um, and I know a lot of people who have done that, those morning pages for years, I mean, yeah. people really dedicated to that practice. So there's something yeah. to that. Yeah. Really um, awesome. So you mentioned, are you not writing novels anymore? I'm not writing novels. Novels take a year of my life and all of my attention. So oh. it's, you know, I, when I started my practice, my, my healing practice back in 2018, I was like, okay, I think I'm done with the writing. I loved doing it. I was very successful with it. My books are still selling. They've been out for years now. Um, but it just was such a big project. And there were too many other things I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So I'm not writing those anymore, but I am now working on a, a book that's nonfiction. So just started it like last week. So I have no idea even what it's going to be yet. <laughs> I think, well, I do know it's going to be about practical spirituality. That's what I know. <laughs> It sounds like, and it sounds like that story that you just shared with your mother would be amazing to I had the same thought. It's like, oh, there's a chapter. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So Lauren, someone listening who really is just resonating with you and what you've said, how can, how I will of course link your website in the show notes, but how can people work with you? Well, I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one sessions with people and I use all kinds of modalities. I am primarily an intuitive so I tune into the energy of the body, the energy of the person. I always call in guides, angels, et cetera, to help. Um, and then I am intuitively led to sort of what we need to work on. But I've also trained, I'm a Reiki master. I, I'm still studying esoteric healing. It's this amazing sacred geometry kind of system that I love, but it's very, it's a lot. <laughs> um, um, I, I work with chakras a lot. I work with past lives. I do shamanic journeying. Um, I don't call myself a shaman cause I don't live the lifestyle, but I use the, the journeying as a, as a healing modality, which has been very effective in my own life. Um, and all of those can be done on zoom and or in person. I'm in Williamsburg, Virginia. I love working with people in person, but boy, I love how far my reach can get with zoom. Um, it's really been one of the benefits of the last few years. Um, so you go, if you go to my website, it's heartlightjoy.com. And I have my, my, um, all my stuff there. My socials are there. You can email me, you can book a free call with me. I love to chat with people and answer your questions and, and see if, if we're a good fit, that sort of thing. So yeah, it's all at heartlightjoy.com. Lauren, thank you so much for, for sharing your presence and your story and, um, just your joy. You have such a, a lightness about you. It's really fun talking with you. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. This was fun. Yeah. I love talking about stuff. And I learned something every time I have one of these conversations about myself, like that story with my mother. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. We just have to give each other the presence and the space. Yeah. And then the magic happens. Well, thanks That's so much. Yeah.